I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. October. Welcome back. I have the honor and privilege of hanging out with the amazing Garrett Wong and Megan Elise today. We're going to be talking about both of their journeys, acting, fan, conventions, stories, and health, just to name a few. It is time to embrace our inner nerds and unleash our superheroes. This is Jason Cabassi, and I am Electric Boogaloo. Just kidding. My superhero name is Chill Zone. I like to keep it chill. And my superpower, in a nutshell, is that I am a good communicator. So, what do you do for fun down in Cargo Bay 2? Let's rock it! Welcome back to The Real Brian Show. I am The Real Brian, and uh, my goodness gracious, I am extremely excited today to kick off, well, you know, this is episode two, releasing three episodes all October 4th, so, uh, you know, same excitement, but I'm just excited because we got the initial episode out, and now I have an opportunity to start the interviews. Yeah, and you know, today's kind of a double feature. We're doing two interviews today on Tuesday, and we'll do our Superhero Friday episode Friday. And then next Tuesday, coming back with another interview. So it's going to be a good time. But today, I have the opportunity to interview Garrett Wong and Megan Elise. And it's going to be awesome. I'll introduce them here in just a second. So don't forget, realbryanshow.com is a place for everything. The blog posts, the website, you know, contact info, everything you need to get in touch with me is right there. And I would love to hear from you, as you know. So please do that. Patreon, patreon.com slash realbryanshow.com would love it if you would consider helping out with the real brian show supporting it um you know we're getting this thing off the ground trying to get this thing going just go check it out see what you think there's a couple of options there all right so i want to talk to garrett and megan here and i'm excited because uh it's cool to be able to bring both of them on so garrett wong let me tell you about him he's an actor panelist host storyteller businessman and very much an entertainer he's most famous for his role as ensign harry kim on star trek voyager but i'm also told that there are two new movies coming out with him soon one in particular that he's going to be sharing some information about megan elise also joins us and is garrett's other half very active in the convention circuit has been in the health profession giving amazing health advice and is now in skincare and cosmetics and of course is a mother garrett and megan welcome to the real brian show thanks for joining me today sure i appreciate it i'm glad we finally got a chance to connect yeah, so let's uh, <laughs> let's do this. Let's start off with that question. You, you know, you both can answer this if you'd like, um, but I always start with something about share something about you that you know, most people don't know, and it's up to you on what it is. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm like, God, what what do most people not know? The first thing that came to mind, I said, Well, what about phobias? Maybe that'd be something that that you know I could talk about that I have. I definitely have a, a fear of heights. Sure. Really, that's something that a lot of people don't know, and also a fear of heights and claustrophobia to some oh. extent. So both Ooh. of those dealing with. Um, but in terms of something, not phobias, if something that I engage in or something that that takes up some of my time that I proactively do, 
would probably be Pokemon Go, probably <laughs> something that nobody knows that I really do that. But uh, I don't even know if it's something you engage in. That's just your life now. This is my lifestyle, it seems. Like I, I like today we were driving back, I was looking up at the clouds and I go, Oh wow, that that cloud in the middle looks like a tentacle. Oh, and the one <laughs> the one to the right of that one looks like a Charizard Charizard. And the one, and then she goes, the one to the left kind of looks, and I said, the one to the left looks like a gas lead. And she goes, no, it looks like an upside down Bulbasaur. So now we're talking in like Pokemon Go terms, right? So He's actually left a restaurant one time. We've ordered the food. Yeah. And I said, I got to go walk and hatch an egg and (laughs) I've got to go to a couple more Pokestops and collect some more, um, more balls. Yeah, so, so I left. There just by left myself. her. Left her by herself at the restaurant. You know, I mean, but we're still waiting for the food. But yeah, but, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't have done that on on our first date. That would have been bad. No, the honeymoon's over now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay now because you guys understand each other, and you know, there's a little bit of that that grace. You know, like oh, okay, mm-hmm. it's Pokemon time. Yeah. There may be an, an intervention coming in a few months though. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never played the game. Oh, you should play it. Well, that's kind of why I haven't played it is because <laughs> I, I feel like it's one of those, you know, once I once I start, will I ever stop sort of thing. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a fad that's that's that, you know, worldwide, I, I think. Right. People are playing this so. all over the world. Yeah. So wow. I got uh, biking the other day with playing Pokemon Go and almost ran into a car and I thought, yeah, I, I don't, that's not a good idea. That they, There are those are the pitfalls involved with Pokemon Go. Yeah. That you're so distracted that you don't look where you're going. So now when you start up, when you turn on the app, it always has a message at the bottom that says, like, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Uh, be careful, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to cl- you have to tap on the screen on that message before you can even start. So there, Or sometimes you know, it can tell that it. you're going too fast. So it asks oh. if you're a passenger. Yeah. Are you a passenger in a car? Or oh, are you, that's what are you good. Doing? Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm driving. On a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There <laughs> Without you go. a helmet. Without a helmet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Megan, what about you? I'm not as crazy into Pokemon as him. I'm dealing with the same, like, claustrophobic issue. Yeah. I think mine is worse. I could actually be out in an open field, but if it is extremely windy, I will feel like I'm in a very tight space. And Interesting. Yeah, she doesn't like yeah. wind. She doesn't like air being blown on her face like no. that. That, yeah. that. That's claustrophobic. The air itself is claustrophobic. Yeah, her. like I feel wow. like I'm tight. And- yeah, I don't like wind either. <laughs> Rain, yeah, anything with water is great. But you know, when wind comes on, I get super stressed out for some reason. Yeah. Well, I take. <laughs> there always jokes that I would probably die or kill myself if a zombie apocalypse ever happened. Because I take more showers than I need to. Oh yeah. Were to happen, God. and then the, like the water supply is cut off, I'd probably kill oh. myself. She oh. takes a minimum of two or three per day. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, if the zombie apocalypse came up and there were no showers, she would just probably commit. You know. Yeah. So, cool. so yeah. I'm not. I've been getting better, but I mean, it's because we've been traveling so much that I'm too tired to take a shower in the evening. <laughs> So wait, what, what motivates the uh, two to three showers a day thing? Is it just the, the desire to be clean kind of thing? Or is there well, something no, I, more? Like, with my claustrophobia, I also think I'm a bit of a germaphobe. So uh, if, like on an airplane or if we're doing some sort of transit, yeah, I always feel like I have to shower right away. Or if I clean and I go beyond sure. straightening up and I actually get all into cleaning, then I feel like oily and greasy and have to shower. And so I just do a lot of stuff that makes me feel like I have to shower when I really honestly probably most likely don't need to. I understand the hypochondriac thing is kind of a, especially on a plane too. I mean, everybody's hacking on the plane and then they're recycling the air and you're just like, Oh, 
Mm-hmm. So I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I understand. Jared actually got me into uh, taking airborne. Yes. Before flight, which is really good. I love that stuff. It's a really good idea. Yeah, just to boost up your, your immune, immune system, system before you get on that plane, I think is smart. So. I do. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I haven't taken. I used to take airborne. I don't take that anymore. But I, I do the same kind of thing. You know, it's like you go on a flight, you boost your immune system up, you keep it up the whole entire trip, and then get a lot of sleep. Try to eat as you know as healthy as yeah. possible. Well, did you <laughs> stop taking airborne because of all that internet story saying like, oh, it doesn't. It they, the formula doesn't really work, or, or is that the reason why you stopped? Or I, I don't know if there was a reason because I just we take juice plus. Um, right. so I usually take more of that because I know it's got good stuff in it. So I just don't take airborne for that reason, but I don't know really a whole lot about it to be completely honest. Uh, well, I, I still think it, I still think it's good stuff. And I yeah. think that especially before you fly, just yeah. cause that's where everyone gets sick, especially if you're flying from here to Europe, then you need something or Asia, any oh, other kind yeah. fly, flight to any other continent. My prerequisite is always to take the the airborne. Well, we take that emergency, like emergency stuff too. We have packets of those when we travel as well. You know, the only thing I didn't like about some of those is they put those sweeteners in them. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of those personally. Yeah, that's true. But you know what else worked? This is something, uh, you know, our friend Martin and I uh, realized at Dragon Con last year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We we started realizing that whenever we'd travel, you know, you're eating foods you're not used to. You're, you know, you just change your entire you know, you schedule your rhythm, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we started to notice like, why are our stomachs constantly giving us trouble towards the end of a trip? Mm. And then I was reading about, you know, people recommending taking probiotics on trips. And so started doing that. And I haven't had any problems with stomach sense. Hey, so there you go. We have a a bunch of probiotics here too. I'm, I'm a huge health nut. Like I used to be a personal health coach. So we have a lot Mm. of vitamins and Okay, so what have you found being a personal health coach? I mean, you know, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's wrong and everybody's right. What have you personally found to work? Healthy eating. Healthy eating and lots of food and making sure that you have the right amount of meals a day. Okay. Honestly, like that's the best for energy. How Um, many? Tell them how many. Well, I typically have six meals a day. So I'll have breakfast, lunch, dinner. And in between that, I'll have snacks. And my meals aren't massive. So you want to balance it out like 80% of it raw food and maybe 20% cooked. Cool. Um, so, but, travel, but they're smaller yeah, portions though. You're not, you're not eating a full meal every for six times sure. a day. It's but just, you know. It allows your body to like keep the glucose levels balanced, mm-hmm. your immune system supported, yep. um, your energy levels balanced as well. And Garrett can vouch for this. If I don't eat properly, <laughs> my body is like used to eating six meals. So if I don't, I shut down. I'll shut down. Sometimes I get like really emotional. Yeah. My body will actually like hate me and will start to reject food. So then I can't even like eat later. It'll make me feel like I can't even eat. That's the hangry time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, get there too. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about with the glucose levels. It's one of those, I carry protein bars and stuff now with me when I'm on trips. And even in yeah. general, like if I'm out working, you know, at a coffee shop or biking or whatever, it's like, Protein bars always with me because you just never know. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I think too, uh, one of the things I read, which which would seem to go along with what you're saying there is that there's a tendency, you know, when you're, when you're taking your body too high, too low, too high, too low, you really start yeah. jacking it up. And you know, that's when the problems start rising down the road too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to keep it balanced. And there are portions that you do want to eat throughout the day, like three protein servings, like three fruit servings, four veggie servings. As long as you balance it all out, then your body honestly will love you. You treat your body good. It'll treat you good back. Yeah. So you were a health coach. Now, uh, why aren't you doing that anymore? What are you doing now? 
Uh, it became emotional because I actually ah. became really emotionally connected with a lot of my clients. Mm -hmm. It was difficult giving them advice and they'll listen to it, but then they would have these obstacles in their life that were heartbreaking. And I'd have to listen to that and still try to motivate them to continue. Mm. But then they'll use their like emotional obstacles as an excuse. Oh, yeah. And it would just break my heart a lot of times and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, that's the that's a hard part with coaching. I actually tried yeah. coaching for a while, too, and I, I just kind of I got frustrated with the, you know, everybody wanted to complain, but nobody wanted to do anything about it sort of thing, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is very similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. I think uh, I, I really enjoy more of the you know inspiration and encouragement sort of thing. And if they choose to do something with it, awesome. And if they don't, I don't know about it. <laughs> oh, exactly. And like, yeah. that way you're not like at the time you're getting paid to push on people. But then I felt like they weren't doing it and I was just taking advantage of their money. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do that. I don't know if you were. No, I wouldn't say you were taking advantage of their money. I think it's uh, there. You know, if they're going to pay you, that's great. But if they choose to do something or not, that's that's, you know, completely in their cart. Yeah, that's true. So, Garrett, what about you, though? You uh, what, what are you working on right now? What's what's the current project? I just went to a screening for a movie that I worked on uh, a while back and they're still looking for distribution. They're not sure what's going to happen, but, mm -hmm. you know, fingers crossed something will something will come for will come about in the next three or three to six months. Hopefully. I don't know. Nice. But, um, you have to like airplane that movie or anything. Oh, like that was naked awesome gun, movie. that kind of stuff. You know, oh, if you don't yeah. like that kind of comedy, then you're not going to like this movie, but typically most people liked airplane. So I figured that this would, this will have a, a cult following like that. That film does too. It's called unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, it has literally, about 38 different Star Trek alumni in that wow. film. So nice. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the last thing that uh, I worked on in front of the camera. I've been doing some voiceover work here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, so Star Trek online, I've been voicing my own character yeah. there. Yeah, that was great. A lot of people enjoying playing that game. And now it's about to, I think they're releasing it on PlayStation now or something like that. Oh, good. So Yeah. Oh, that'll be interesting. I tend to bounce around in the games. I uh, I did play that mm -hmm. for quite a while and, and was like, oh yeah, that's actually Garrett's voice. That's great. You know, cause <laughs> sometimes you'll hear somebody that sounds similar and you're going, no, that's yeah, that's not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I re that was, that was really a good game. Um, yeah. really appreciated that game. It's, it's nice yeah. to, it's, it's funny because you know, when, uh, when Star Trek was out on TV, I wished we had games like that. You know, the right. technology just didn't exist, but I'm like, oh my that's gosh, fair. if you could just be on your ship and you could walk around and see things, you know, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that stuff kind of comes out and you're going, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like that. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. There was a game that, uh, did come out while Star Trek was on. It was called Star Trek Voyager elite force. It was uh, a computer yep. game. And I remember that a lot one. of people played that and it's still, you know, to this day, it's still, it's still relevant. It's still mm -hmm. something that people enjoy playing. So, um, yeah, that held uh, up really well. Yeah. Still holding up. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I shared with you the stories, uh, at, at galaxy fest back in February. Down in Colorado Springs, we'll give it a little plug here because it's a, yep. a great little fest. Uh, it was yep. so funny because you guys contacted, said, "Hey, come down and and you know, I've like I've never even heard of this thing." So, uh, right. which which is sad, but I know being a, a couple of hours away, you know, I, we don't get a lot of the local stuff from Colorado Springs. But right. coming down there, and and I was very impressed with uh, how well put together that was. You know, I've been to a bunch of different cons and fests over the years, and yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a small one, but it's a great one. Right. Uh, but it was really cool going down there and, and, uh, and just seeing what everybody does. And, and you guys did a great job. So I appreciated that. But yeah, I was, uh, I was sharing the story too, about um, watching Voyager. I think, uh, gosh, that would have come out. I think I was in high school. 
Yeah. And then I was transitioning to college. So, you know, there's that, uh, there's that time period where you just get kind of busy. And so I didn't watch all of the seasons until later. Right. Uh, I think it was, gosh, I think it was after it, it was done airing. I want to say I watched it in 2001 or two is when I started kind of going yeah. back and, and finishing everything up. But sure, man, great time. I'm not just saying this. You were one of my favorite characters. Uh, and I'm not just saying that cause you're on here. So, <laughs> Well, no, you know what's funny is you know how you sort of just you connect with certain characters and shows and books and stuff like that. Oh, definitely. There's always one character that that speaks to you or or resonates with you more than the others. Yeah, and I always I always resonated with the captains the most for some mm-hmm. reason, and I and I'm still trying to figure out today why. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. all the captains I resonated with, but then you were one of the other ones that I really resonated with as well, and maybe it's because you know your age in the show was close to my age at the time of watching it right you know so maybe it's just that yeah you know mm-hmm. i'd be like an ensign if i was doing this so it was cool it was uh yeah, yeah great man great show always loved it everybody uh-huh. knows you though from star trek voyager but what else do you want people to know you about well you know that took up most of my 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 acting career in terms yeah. of you know I, I left hollywood in 2005 because i so i've really been gone for 11 years so everything i've done in the in that 11 year non Hollywood span has been just through word of mouth and just like people say, Hey, so-and-so mm-hmm. wants to get a hold of you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So but what else do I want people to know me for? Um, somebody who is known to entertain people in terms of making mm-hmm. people laugh. Oh, I mean, that's one thing that you don't see Ensign Kim do. There's not a lot of comedy. Yeah. Kim. I mean, there are some comedic moments, but they're few and far between. I mean, the, the doctor had the bulk of the comedy for Voyager yeah. and, um, it's unfortunate that the producers didn't utilize the talents of all the other actors that were on that show, because I think of the nine series regulars, everybody on that show was supremely talented. Nobody was uh, mediocre, you know, um, when it came to their comedic timing is what I'm talking about. Sure. But you, you would never know that. You would never know that yeah. that Janeway was hilarious, that, you know, that Chakotay was hilarious, that, that Paris was hilarious. Yeah. And if you watch that show, you're... You're going to think, okay, Neelix is funny and uh, the doctor's funny. and Everybody else is kind of serious. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I wish people would know more about. And that's things why that's one of the reasons why I enjoy doing conventions. Because I can, I'm able to tell people, I'm able to show people uh, that I have that comedic side. Mm-hmm. I kind of always felt that, you know, but you kind of start to wonder, like, was that part of the script writing? Or, you know, was that a, a lack of uh, attention to detail or whatever? But, you know, that was one thing I noticed about, Voyager specifically, uh, maybe even a little bit in Enterprise, but uh, some of the other ones, you know, you you really did feel all of the characters. You know, if you look at like Next Generation, you kind of relate to all of them in some way or another. But yeah, you know, you you look at Chakotay and for example, he was serious, but he also kind of I wasn't until I think later in the seasons that you started to get a little bit more of a background and a, and a connection to, oh, this is a real guy kind of thing. He almost yeah. felt a little two dimensional in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're saying that was a that was a writer producer sort of issue that they just didn't they didn't capitalize on that enough well i'm not going to blame it entirely on the writer producers i'm, well, I'm sure. also going to blame it on the fact that they chose nine series regulars for the show it's the largest star trek that's cast true. of all of them yeah, and that's true when you've got that many people uh, you only have time to really adequately give character development to a few uh, one character at a time mm-hmm. and then and each season if there's 20 20 some odd episodes there's nine actors there's really only one or two times a year, a season that you're going to shine, you know? So yeah, that's um, true. And that's, that's something that I would say to all those, you know, up and coming showrunners or <laughs> television producers out there. If you're going to, 
if you're going to do a TV show, uh, six or less on the series regular count mm. is probably the goal. <laughs> if you could keep it six or less, you're good. You know? Interesting. Otherwise, it's just, it, it's not fair. It's not fair to sure. the, the characters and it's not fair to the actors either because, you know, as actors, you really want to have, you want to leave behind something that people will say, oh yeah, that's great. We really loved it. And part of that has to do with how much your character has had the chance to develop over time, right? Yeah. And if it's if it's kind of ignored, like Jacob he definitely was very two-dimensional. You didn't hear yeah. more about him until way later. Mm -hmm. I mean, all we knew in the beginning is, okay, he's part of the Maquis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, he, he used to be this. He used to be that. Um, and then you didn't see background episodes for Chakotay until, I don't know, season three, four, five, maybe, way later. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's one thing that I think that was one of the hurdles that had to be overcome for Voyager was, was making sure that everyone had adequate character development and everyone, you know, all those actors that worked on that show are, they're so talented. They really yeah. are. Yeah. They, they, their background is, is each and every person, uh, whether it's Ethan Phillips who played Neelix or even Jennifer Lean, or, you know, any, any of the, even the smaller series, regular characters that weren't as prominent, not yeah. meaning non-bridge, non-bridge crew. They all have had, you know, spectacular acting, credits or the other accomplishments before Voyager and during and even after. So when I see that, 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 that much talent around, I sit there and go, wow, you know, you, you guys really need to try to utilize those talents as best you can. But it's again, when you have so many episodes per season and that many characters, sometimes it, it doesn't happen. And then yeah. towards the end, it really did become the Dr. Janeway uh, seven show. Yeah. Season six, season six and seven were almost, all the episodes were, were for those guys, right? Yeah, so, yeah, and that's that's too bad. Like for instance, the the way the trailers were placed at uh, Paramount, and the no they gave us the numbers. We were assigned numbers, right? So, uh, one through nine, and nine was the person who was supposed to be least utilized. Number one was the person who was supposed to be utilized the most, the character that was going to be always working practically. So, one was Janeway. Two was Paris. Hmm. Can you believe that? No one knows, that's that's the shock. Everyone everyone's like, what? Two huh. is Paris. Paris was supposed to be the most popular male character on that show. Yeah, Paris. He was supposed to have some type of romance with Janeway, not Chakotay. You know, that was yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Paris. Number well, three, I guess they did with that one episode, but <laughs> yeah, when they, that they, wasn't they, exactly they, a romance. <laughs> I mean, threshold when they turn into lizards. <laughs> exactly. That uh, was a, that was a little of an awkward one. Yeah, that's an awkward one. Yeah. For three was Chakotay, four was Tuvok, five was Kim, six was Torres, seven was Neelix, hmm. eight was Kess, and nine was the Doctor. Interesting. The Doctor was supposed to be used once an episode, saying one line, done. Yeah, so he was supposed to only work a day every single every single episode, hmm. period. And then, you know, over time, he was able to he was able to really shape that character. Um, yeah. He was always talking to the writers, always suggesting. And the writers are pretty, you know, they sat up there in their little throne and they, they pretty much, you know, doled out like, hey, sorry, uh, you want to do that? Nope, we're not interested. You know, because I gave them suggestions all the time. But sure. I got shot down. Mm -hmm. But after I got shot down, I didn't push it. I didn't say, hey, I'm going to call back and, put, and ask again. Mm -hmm. But the doctor would keep calling 
mm. and calling and calling. And that persistence paid off for him because they were like, fine, we'll let the doctor sing Italian opera. I mean, that wasn't something that they wrote. That was something that he pushed through. Mm, right? Being, Ita- being an Italian-American, he thought, I'm going to go ahead and pay homage to the great operatic singers from Italy, you know, mm-hmm. and all the great Italian operas that exist right now. And um, he got he got that push through, right? For me, um, because Worf did judo, on next generation i wanted kim to do some form of martial arts so i i suggested i mean i took martial arts as as a as a youth but i thought to increase my chances of getting my pitch approved i suggested krav maga Hmm. the israeli self-defense or the jewish self-defense system to the jewish executive producers i thought (laughs) all right they're gonna buy this This yeah this is this is the martial arts of their homeland, right? And but no, they didn't go for it. They're oh, like, nope. That would have been Are you great. Freaking kidding me? It'd be awesome. That would have been awesome. Back. Yeah, you already put me through the ringer, making me play the clarinet when I didn't play the <laughs> clarinet. So then, why don't you let me yeah. do something cool that I want to do? Yeah. You know? uh, so they didn't. Yeah, they didn't take. They they just scoffed at that idea. They're like, whatever. So oh, um, man, that would have made and sense. That, yeah, the, and hmm. I'm, I also part of it is I think being the youngest at the time, everyone thought of me as the kid. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's oh, sort yeah. of like, oh, well, he's the young one. He doesn't know any better kind of a thing. And yeah. it's just, so it's almost like age discrimination kicked in there, right? Yeah. So, and here I am trying to think outside the box going like, hey, we could do this, we could do that. And they just, they didn't go with it at all. Not that I'm trying to make this my soapbox session, but the irony of the whole situation is after after Berman, Rick Berman was basically unceremoniously, you know, kind of booted out of there. Uh, and then, then JJ Abrams took over the, the feature film franchise. My whole thing was like, I wanted Trek to be faster paced and more comedy. And that's exactly what the JJ Abrams first movie was mm. faster paced and more comedy. Yep. You know, it really was. And everything that I felt it should Trek should have been JJ did, you know, and mm. it was sad that JJ kind of his, his mandate was if you had worked on any prior Trek other than Leonard Nimoy, you're not invited on my, you're not allowed or you're not welcome. I heard that. Yeah. And I thought, what about me? Because I'm not really, even though I am associated with old (laughs) Trek, I want, I, I, all the ideas that I suggest, they don't want to do, you know, I I almost wanted to say, I'm kind of the rebel of the old, old guard. So maybe you should take the rebel. And he didn't go for that. So. Oh man. Yeah. You know, I, I actually feel your pain quite a bit. I, I was in a, not, not obviously in an acting situation, but just all of the positions that I had, whether it was, you know, team job, what, I mean, whatever, same kind of thing. You know, it's like you have ideas and when you're young, they don't want to hear them. And half the time you've got people who, who are in charge, who are just, I'm, I'm just going to go out and say it way too much pride. And oh, yeah. you go and you and suggest not, and not these ideas pride. and they're just like, I don't want to hear it because I know better than you do kind of crap. Right, right. It's yeah. not just pride, but it's arrogance. Right? Oh, it's yeah. Arrogance. Yes. And it's this feeling of superiority because of the position that they're in. Yeah. It felt like, well, I'm so much better, blah, 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 blah. And all right, granted, you know, I'll give you props for all the amounts of the years of, because their feeling is this, you know, Rick Berman's thinking, all right, I've been here since next gen days in the eighties. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know more than you. That's his thinking. He's like, I, I've, I produced all this stuff, blah, 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 you know, and, and, and bam, I know more, but well, if I, you know, if you look at all the feature films uh, from Star Trek one, all the way to, to JJ's, the final two next gen cast TNG films were horrible. In my estimation, they yeah. were worse than TNG. They were TNG television episodes that were better than those last two f- films. Yeah. Um, Nemesis and Insurrection. I just sat there and I was like, I'm just 
I'm beside myself. One of those movies should have been a D space, D space nine movie. The other one should have been a Voyager movie. Yeah. That's what, that's, that would have been smart. But, and I pitched that to them. I said, listen, I've, I read the final script for Endgame for Voyager. The first hour is wonderful. Mm-hmm. The last hour, the second half of Endgame ties up everything way too quickly. Oh yeah. It's just like, Hey, and we end the show in orbit of earth i know we don't even land the ship right it's <laughs> like know. are you kidding me don't you want to see a step foot on yes. the earth firma don't yes. you want to see the parade what happened yep. to janeway's dog what happened to <laughs> kim's oh. girlfriend libby you know we uh, wanna, yeah where's where's kim's parents you know blah blah blah. i mean we want to see all that stuff but we don't we don't because there wasn't enough time yeah so i i pitched to them i said hey guys you want to do something totally outside the box i said listen film let's film the first hour and then well let's air it on tv and at the end of that first hour, let's say to be continued at a theater near you. Oh, that'd be awesome. And then we film a two hour movie or two and a half hour movie. Yeah. We would have adequately, you know, we adequately addressed all the things without tying up those loose ends so quickly. We could have, you know, we could have really seen some, an amazing final feature film, which would have made tons of money for Paramount, you know, because mm-hmm. that would have been the one film that everybody would have said, Hey, we got to see the ending of Voyager. Heck, let's go. Let's go to the theaters. I feel that with the cast that we had, we, we would have rocked it. You know, and that was um, the thing we found out though, with, with a lot of Star Trek episodes, even, even next gen, everything, you know, it was, <laughs> it was always that you've got, let's see, what were they about? Well, back then they were like 48 minutes or so, yep. but you had, you know, 30 to 35 minutes of amazing development. And then bam, you wrap up the episode super quick. You're like, what? <laughs> what? That that was kind of yeah. the big joke we had about all Star Trek episodes is it's the, yeah. the quick ending. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 yeah, that got a little old after a while. And that's uh, that. Well, so even like with the, the recent Batman v Superman movie, you know, yeah. the ultimate edition makes the whole movie make sense. And oh, I, oh, I haven't seen the ultimate. Edition. Oh, oh it's shoot. an additional 30 minutes that explains a lot of the scenes oh, that everyone's okay. scratching their heads on. Like, oh, yeah, what? well, they, see, that's the thing, man. Yeah. They, they got to when they cut all these important scenes out, you yes. know, when they have when they don't have enough time to adequately address the storyline, the plot line. It just leaves people scratching their head. Yep. Right. Yep. And yep. it's just but the good thing is this in this day and age with shows put out by Netflix there's no commercial interruption, yes. right? So they have a whole, they, the episode is 58 minutes, right? It's, yeah, exactly. It's, or, or it's much longer than the television, uh, the standard uh, television format that yeah. we've been used to. And, and people so, are yeah. loving it. They're loving it. Oh, they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. yeah. Daredevil, you know, in, in comparison, it's like, you know, we've got an Arrow podcast, of course, Mm-hmm. and season four was rough, um, you know, and you, you do feel bad for the actors, kind of like you were talking about with Voyager, right. but you look at Daredevil and it's, it's done well. Granted, yeah. not everybody liked what happened in season two and right. that's fine, but you know, the writing was done well. They took their time right. and they didn't try to, you know, well, I think, I think even arrow not, you know, you mentioned the nine regular cast members. I don't know yeah. how many there were in season four, but it was full. Oh, was so it? they were running into problems like that. And then it just became yeah. scattered and everyone's like, we want the original team era, which was three to three people. Yeah. Or, or bring in, it, like you said, six or less. What questions, what, what would be your top question to ask Stephen Amell? If you could ask him that a question regarding arrow, mm, man, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah I, i'm about to moderate his panel this weekend in Edmonton, oh so i kind of fantastic i kind of want i kind of want you know i, I kind of wanted a little uh help on that in terms of <laughs> you, <laughs> if you had something good something juicy that i could say to him or ask him on stage that would be- well i will tell you this and uh you know having having been at the heroes and villains quite a bit lately um mm-hmm. he's a lot of people were targeting him 
for you know the the downfall of season four because i would have to say most of the fans were really upset with how season four wrapped up oh uh, in just the last probably eight episodes okay. I, I didn't hear a lot of positive from anyone let's put it that way and, and so people were going to steven and saying you know this is the worst thing ever and, you know i mean really really negative stuff pretty mean yeah. and yeah. steven's like dude that's not my fault you know but he didn't say that of course you know he's yeah. doing his best pr and he's saying you know hey Go a little easy on us. He was being really nice about it. But, you know, my argument was this isn't Stephen's fault. So don't target him. Uh, And a lot of people were, you know, I'm defriending you on Facebook or I'm unfollowed. I mean, it was ridiculous. So uh, I I don't I don't know if I'd go there. (laughs) If I were you, I would focus on what. Well, what his thoughts were with season four, maybe maybe kind of keeping it open ended, you know, like, uh, you know, obviously there were a lot of upset people with season four, that kind of thing. But what were your thoughts and and how would you like to kind of see it? transition or I don't know something like that 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 doesn't target as much because I know he uh <laughs> he got pretty sensitive about it so, yeah which makes maybe sense. I'll just avoid that entirely <laughs> yeah. well that's great though you get to moderate Tell me about your f- most fondest memories from seasons one through three <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> he um he gave a tip to the I guess it was Calgary mm-hmm. when he was out I was I moderated his panel there they were is uh someone asked him like is there anything is there any tips you can give for anybody for fitness? You know, you're so, you're so, you're in such great shape. Yeah. Uh, what tips can you give for someone who's starting out trying to get fit? And he said, hmm, okay. The best thing, the number one thing I can tell you advice wise is eliminate all dairy. Ah. He goes, we do not, as human beings, we do not need that in yeah. our diet whatsoever. You do not need dairy at all. And so no cheese, no milk, no, just no, none of that yeah. at all. And he goes, you'll see some amazing results. <laughs> so that's, that was his one piece of advice. Interesting. You know, that's very true. I, I, uh, I went through and eliminated actually a lot of, uh, a lot of gluten for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, like I'm not like a seven day, 365 day a year kind of, you know, health nut. I'm going to have my Great. cheat days periodically, but I started doing that. I, I took a little uh, experiment a couple years ago and eliminated all gluten and all dairy and, Right. I got into fantastic shape, but not just shape, but health. Like I, I did yeah. the blood work tests and everything. And I went from okay to excellent. Yeah. There so, you, you know, it's funny yeah. is uh, they asked David Ramsey, the same thing. He plays Diggle on arrow. Yeah. And yeah. You know, he said, what's your, what's your routine? And how do I get, how do I look like you? And David goes, my best advice. Don't. <laughs> he said, I, he goes, I, I hurt half the time. He's like, this is not functional shape. He goes, yeah. this is all about looks. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And he, he actually yeah. proceeded to say, you know, if you really want to be strong, he goes, go out and get strong and, and do functional kind of stuff like you do in right. daily life. And right. Uh, and he said, you know, he eats in a way that is pretty much impossible and he gets paid to work out. So it was it was yeah. kind of interesting. And I appreciated him saying yeah. that because you don't you don't hear that, you know, TV nowadays. Right. It's like or anything on screen nowadays. It's like you need to look like this. Right. Right. And also David's older. You know, he's, he's yeah. not in his 20s any longer. So it's when you you know, when you hit your. When you hit your forties, it's just like everything's much more difficult to maintain, you yeah. know, uh, body wise. It really is. Then so. when you have a, a ruptured disc and a back surgery and a, and a you know mess up in the back surgery, and then you get hit uh, by a car and a bike, that doesn't help either. Yeah, that doesn't help either. No, no. <laughs> but you know, hey, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, how did you two meet? I want to know that. Eb- Edmonton. Yeah. Expo. Yeah, at the convention. Which is coming up this weekend. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. She was walking past my autograph table i was talking to somebody and i she was her daughter was next to her and the daughter was wearing a harlequin cosplay 
And I saw her daughter first and I thought, oh, that's really cute. Then I saw Megan and I thought, oh, that's really cute too. So that's (laughs) kind of how it happened. And I waved at her and she waved back. um, And she was actually seeing someone at the time. Her boyfriend was probably... It was probably like about half a kilometer ahead of them. I mean, it had already gone into another booth. I didn't even know he was with them, to be honest. So, did you tweet? Did you send a tweet? I sent you like a what you do message like a week later yeah, because like week I later. I actually thought that he thought I was someone else because there was a good distance between us when we caught each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. So I thought he like mistakenly thought I was somebody else. Yeah. So I went to send him a message saying like, "Hey, that was me that you were waving at." Um, so if you thought that I was somebody else and that person ended up snubbing you, they weren't actually snubbing you. <laughs> yeah. So she thought it was a case of mistaken identity. And then I said, no, no, <laughs> I was just waving at you because, you know, I was hoping you'd come by to say hello. And she yeah. did come by later that in that convention, but I was, I was off moderating a panel or something. So ah, bummer. I wasn't at my table. So then when she tweeted me, I was like, aha, there she is. So nice yeah. Yeah. we became like really good friends like we, yeah we were, we were friends both yeah. seeing people and mm-hmm. we were both helping each other through our relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so funny how that works <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that was that so yeah that's cool yeah well it's good you guys uh you guys have a great relationship and uh, you know being able to actually observe it firsthand too is a treat it's good to yeah. see that you know because i know relationships are hard you know they are they are they're not easy you know you always have to work at them that's for sure totally because the thing is the longer you're with somebody the more you start to assume that the other person should know what you're thinking (laughs) and nobody's a mind reader (laughs) that's the problem like yeah i just assumed that you knew that that's what i was thinking oh really how am i supposed to know what you're thinking (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i'm not i'm not a mind reader i'm not yeah i think with us is we we actually get so used to not communicating with each other because we communicate in such a weird way compared to, I guess, normal mm-hmm. relationships that we forget that we don't know what the other person is thinking. Oh, yeah. Because we'll talk in gibberish to each other. And we can actually understand awesome. what the other person is saying. The gibberish. Yeah. yeah. We are really strange people. <laughs> <laughs> Like we can go for hours just making weird gibberish noises. That's awesome. One word. Well, that's something you can tell. You know, you've just told everyone that you that we that you do that no one <laughs> that else no knows. One yeah, there you go. Know. Except, except hey, except the friends that went to Dragon Con with us. Yeah, they, they stayed in the they, room on the other side, yeah, and they could they, hear they like could hear us. weird noises coming. And they're from. going. Uh, and that we was it. We warned them before. <laughs> we warned them before. <laughs> we let them know. That's great. You know that's special though. Where <laughs> you can speak in gibberish to each other yeah, and not no, well, use English. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the fact that you can understand. Like, that really is a cool thing. But we could even go like hours without even making any noise or talking and be yeah. able to know that one person may need something. Like, I'll go get him food without him even asking because I'll know that he's hungry. Oh, funny. Yeah. Or, um, like, he'll pass me the Kleenex box knowing my routine that I'll need a Kleenex, like, after the shower or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like yeah. that. I like hearing those stories. But you yeah. know, you're right about the communication thing, though. You're, you know, the, the mind reading. I'll tell you, it's something. You know, Sarah and I have. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, we're in that similar boat too. So we're like, we just know things. You know, you just, you yeah. just have that. But there's the time where it's like, I, I don't know what you're trying to get me to do right now. <laughs> you know, right. You need to voice right. it. Just, just tell me what exactly. do you want right now. Yeah, communication. How long huge. have you been with Sarah? Fifteen years this year, married. Wow, dude. Yeah, man. 
long Yeah, we just time. celebrated uh, September 8th. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. The 8th? Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's an important number for us, too. Is but we, um, we, we, even though we've only really known each other for, how long has it been total, would you say? Nine? Yes. A two, couple years. Two, two years. years. <laughs> two years. It, it feels like 15 for yeah. us, though. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. It definitely feels like a lot longer. So That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, uh, it, it's neat, you know, when you see relationships and, uh, you know, we, we had to go through, of, of course, you know, you got that, what do they, what do they call it? Like the seven year itch or whatever it's called. Uh, I find that most people have a really hard time on those seven years uh, at that seventh year. And we did. And, uh, you know, we got through it. It was great. But um, it's interesting, you know, when you observe other relationships and, and the lack of communication uh, and not even like, like you guys are talking about too, like you're still communicating, but I'm saying like, there's just nothing. There's very little. Right. And you start to say, man, that's not good. That's not healthy. Right. People got to communicate. So that's cool. But congrats on two years. So why is the eighth special? The number eight has always been my favorite number. And then meeting oh, okay. Gary, like he told me what eight means in Chinese, oh. which is like a very important number in Chinese. But then the day that we met last, not last year, the year before, if you add up all the numbers, like the year. It added to eight. It adds up so, to eight. Yeah. And then like all the significant numbers throughout our relationship has always been eight like when everything's been added up so it just pops up that's cool so is that another reason you like the bb8 oh we didn't even think about that (laughs) yeah probably but she's uh, her ocd she's even ocd with eight because like in her car when she's in her car the volume of her car radio has to add up to eight so it could be at it could be at eight itself or she can turn it up to 17 right 26 you see what i'm saying 44 yeah. yep it cannot no, it be any be other 44 oh it can't be 44. it cannot have fours oh no fours okay but oh. um it's yeah. usually at 17 which is one plus seven equals eight so. yeah. same with the remote like the tv in our house it has yeah. to add up yeah. to eight i forgot about this interesting no that's really cool though it's like these little things you go wow i never, I never thought of it but yeah that's neat like it's funny because he thought it was funny but he if he's driving my car or if he's adjusting the volume of my car he always puts it to eight he doesn't try to mess with me which is sweet yes i keep it on her her ocd volume (laughs) number trying to help me through my ocd (laughs) you're gonna have it at 15 six yeah Yeah, your eye would twitch and you would probably probably you would implode yeah you're driving uh 88 can you well see that doesn't i guess it would that work 88 if you're on your foot. Yeah, you just might jump into but then time, but pissed at me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a 30. <laughs> oh, well, that'd be fun. All right. So tell me about this. You know, I, w- one of the things I love talking about is the idea of embracing your inner nerd. Part of that is, you know, the inner nerd is something that uh, allows you to still be a respectful social person, but it's it's whatever it is that you nerd and geek out about. Uh, and we all obviously have that. So I'm kind of curious to know for both of you, what uh, what's your inner nerd? What do you guys like? What do you nerd and geek out about? I geek out about everything. Like, honestly, anything. Like, my first trips to places in the States, Garrett was probably losing his mind at a, how excited mm-hmm. I got. Like, the noises I'd make at even the simplest things <laughs> that we saw. But we have our thing where we'll actually spend time on... Monday nights and watch Lucifer or I also geek out on, well, you know this, anything BB-8, mm-hmm. absolutely anything BB-8, but I have like a collection of comic books that I won't let anybody touch mm-hmm. my artwork. No one's allowed to touch, especially when I'm painting it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like very OCD about the 
projects that I do. Yeah. Okay. You, you talk about that. You kind of, you know, nerd and geek out when you're, when you're traveling somewhere and you're just kind of looking around and everything. Is it, is that have something to do with just experiencing whatever around you, you know, the beauty around you or the sounds or the sights is that I'm just trying to identify it here. Yeah, but I probably get too excited more than a normal person would. Mm, that's all right. What did you, what did you, <laughs> oh, American ambulance. Like I freaked oh, out when I okay. saw an a US ambulance, ambulance made her like excited. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> or like the flags. Or the flags, like all like the American flags that are, yeah. So many houses have flags and there's flags on banks and there's flags, you know, there's flags everywhere. But all even like, the Pacific Ocean. Oh, she yeah. was I oh, yeah. seeing that for yeah. the first time, you know. So But I, I smacked Garrett's arm a couple times. Like if I see something really awesome at a convention or people, oh my god, that guy at Dragon Con, I just smacked his belly. Sorry, Garrett. It's all right. Um <laughs> I when I get excited, I like smack, which is a bad habit. Mm-hmm. But um this guy at Dragon Con, he did a cosplay of Memento and I lost oh, wow. my mind. Like that's one of my favorite movies and mm-hmm. not a lot of people have heard of it or mm-hmm. even understand it. But I was, I loved that. Like I never expected in a million years anyone to cosplay that. That's a pretty uh, obscure one to cosplay. Yeah. Like yeah. he had the tattoos everywhere. He wow. even carried around the photos that the guy carried around oh, and his weird. Dragon Con badge. Like a lot of people, I don't know if people know this, but when you attend Dragon Con, you can have like a nickname above your actual real name. And his nickname was the character's name. And I was just like, oh my God. That's so cool. That's my mind. I probably geek out way more than I should. And we'll be at a table and I'll notice something in Garrett's line and he'll be in mid conversation with someone and I'll just like gasp with excitement if I notice it. And Garrett just looks at me all strange and then... I have to apologize to the person he's talking to. I geek out over um, just a general all-around geek. I, I just, you know, I, I'm into everything. I don't think there's one thing more than another. So whether it's whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, or, or board games or computer games, whatever, I'm just, you know, I'm always like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I, I get yeah. into yeah, pretty a little bit of it all. You know, jack of all trades is what I look at myself as. We're mutts. Geek yeah, mutts. We're geek mutts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> geek mutts. Eclectic nerds. I love it. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. like we do everything. Like foodies. We're yeah, we geek out over food with restaurants. Oh, or yeah, foods that we make we ourselves. Um, yeah. TV shows. Like we, like I said, we'll binge watch stuff together. Mm. But then we'll get into like little tiny arguments because one will go after <laughs> the other. That's great. Yeah, like I'll start. I'll watch an episode past her, and she's like, "How? Okay, I'll be a traveling, and I'll see something else." And she'll she'll say, "You didn't wait for me." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Yeah, but it's more like yeah. he. I'll have it on, and then he's like, "Are you watching it?" I'm like, "No," and he's like, "Please, well, just wait for me. Wait for me." And then he'll be beyond me. I'm like, "Oh, you jerk!" <laughs> yes, me to wait, but then you go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So majority of our arguments are like geek related arguments. Well, that's important though. You know, you got something you share and love, and yeah, you got to have passion about it. Yeah, in the world of podcasting, and I mean just about with anything anymore, everyone's advice is like you got a niche, you got to pick something and go with it. And you know, and I did that in the beginning uh, when I transitioned over from radio. I did that in podcasting for a while just to kind of get you know you get started. And I hated it because I have like you know a hundred interests, and everybody mm-hmm. used to say, "What's your passion?" I'm like, "What's not?" You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and so I'm kind of in that same boat. And and starting the Real Brian Show and getting this up and running, everyone's like, "Wow, so you know, what are you going to talk about?" <laughs> Yeah. And it's like they're programmed to think that, you know, this is going to be a, a one topic thing. And, and I just said, I can't do that. And I think that's the, yeah, that's no. the beauty of, uh, of being an eclectic, uh, or, or would you call it a geek mutt? Yeah. Geek geek mutt. Mutt. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're a podcast mutt. Yeah. 
Exactly. Well, you know, we're foodies too. I mean, that's the, it's funny. I, I geek out about coffee. I roast my own beans. Oh, nice. And there's all kinds of things, but yeah, sci-fi. I mean, where, where do I start? There's too many things. Yeah. Well, it allows you to meet more people too, because if yeah. you don't, uh, if you don't like expand your knowledge in the geek world, especially when you go to conventions and someone starts talking about something or they're showing you something or even wearing something and you have no idea, like you can't hold a conversation with that person or you can't just randomly go up to people. And people love that when you randomly go up to them, ask to take a picture either with them or of them, or Mm -hmm. even just compliment them on something that they have. Yeah. You meet more people that way too. You do. Yeah, it makes it uh, it makes it really interesting, you know, and uh, doing interviews, something I've loved doing interviews ever since my radio days. And uh, I I really it was so funny. You don't really think about these kind of things. But, you know, you you look back and you go, that's what's allowed me to be able to relate to people is because I've had that jack of all trades sort of thing. A lot of those interests. And, you know, I may not be uh, uh, I don't well, like I've just talked to a guy, uh, you know, wrestling. That's his thing. He geeks out about wrestling. He was uh, at the Olympics announcing for the wrestling. Great guy. I don't know a thing about wrestling and it's not really my thing at all, but just to be able to understand and relate to him, you know, because of uh, just that kind of, I don't know, insatiable desire to get to know more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The knowledge thing and it, everything's exciting. So that's really cool though. I'm, I'm glad you guys have a, a wide variety of interests and keeps life a little bit more interesting. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> you know, I feel too that when you're, uh, when you're geeking out about something, when you're embracing that inner nerd and you understand that this is who I am, I really do believe it uh, allows you to, have an impact on others. And, you know, I talk about the unleashing the superhero and uh, I look at the superheroes. What's your, what's your identity? Who, you know, do you know who you are? Do you understand what your purpose or your mission or, or your calling or whatever you want to call it? Do you understand what that is in a way that, you know, you can get out there and make a difference in other people's lives, you know, really embracing that inner nerd and, and unleashing that superhero allows you to be the best you in which people who just, they're kind of directionless in life. You know, they're still trying to figure out what they're doing. They don't know, who they are or why they're here. And they're just like, I don't know, you know, and you're just like, man, how can we, how can we encourage these people? But uh, what's your superhero? For the longest time, it was all about racial equality Mm. because I, when I was in high school in Memphis, Tennessee and junior high and part of, as I moved, see, I was born in California after Mm -hmm. a year and a half, I moved to Indiana after two years there, I moved to Bermuda after six years there, I moved to Memphis. Mm-hmm. So um, I went from the U.S. to Bermuda, which is in the British Commonwealth, to Memphis. Memphis at the time, it was basically myself and my sister that were Asian in the entire school. Mm. There's a lot of bigotry, that's, mm. and it's in-your-face bigotry in the South. Yeah, Like, if, for instance, you know, you would think that there's, well, there's probably less bigotry in California. No, there's a lot of racists in California. They just don't say it out mm-hmm. loud. You know, they just... Yeah. They'll think it and give you horrible looks, but they're not going to say like you, you're going to get you're going to get called a name right to your face in public in mm. the South, but you're not going to get that in California. Um, and that was something that that I I kind of made it my my life's mission. I really wanted to portray a non stereotypical character on television that could help other Asian kids walking down the street not get picked on in the South you know, the Southeastern part of the U S that was my whole, you know, that was my agenda pretty much. Hmm. And I think having that focus and not being sort of that so many people go to Hollywood and they say, Oh, I want to act. Okay. Why? Well, because I want to be rich and famous. Well, that's Hmm. not specific enough. And that's also not, I don't think that's a, when that's your motivation or that's your goal, I don't think the universe rewards you for that. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because then it's about greed and, 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 and vanity. 
right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's all about uh, narcissism. It's not about helping the other, pe- other people in the world or making the world a better place. Yeah. And I think because I, fo- I honed in at such an early age, at, at 22, 23, it was all about non- portraying non- a non-stereotypical character. Uh, had that focus and that laser focus is what got me on the show so quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, I always tell people, I say, getting on a, getting on a series as a series regular, a show that runs longer than two years, it's harder than getting on an NBA team or NFL team or NHL to name any professional sports team. It's, it's, it's easier to become that guy than to, to get on a TV show. Wow. It really is because of the, the sheer amounts of people trying to act compared to who actually make it on a team, uh, on a, on a show is just, it's, it's, uh, it's a very small number. Yeah. You know, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So that really, I've always been someone who's, who has championed, you know, not only racial, but gender equality, uh, you name it. So, and these are all things that Trek sort of kind of touches upon also, right? Oh, they, yeah. they, they kind of preach that like, Hey, you know, it's okay to be uh, from a different race or it's okay to be a different gender. It's okay to, I mean, every, there's so many good messages that Trek has. And oh, yeah. it's, it's great that I fell on a show that really was the first show to have a non-stereotypical Asian character, Sulu. Right. And back in yeah. 66, yeah. the only other, the only other character in the sixties that I know of was, was hop Singh on Bonanza. That was yeah. a horrible character. You know, <laughs> it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Nobody was growing up in, you know, when it was going to grade school going, when I grow up, I hope I can be just like hop Singh. you know, <laughs> nobody. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm really lucky in, in that I was able to, to get onto a show like Voyager. Well, it was a good fit then, you know, obviously, because yeah. like you said, and, and I actually just uh, heard a really interesting story about Gene Roddenberry from a completely different perspective. You know, it was one of those really short form stories uh, and you didn't even know who you was talking about at first, but I'm thinking like, this sounds familiar to me, but I, you know, the, the crux of the, the story that I heard that I loved is he said, you know, he, he saw so much death being in the war and then came back, joined the police force in LA and wanted to make a difference and help, you know, change the world and save lives. But right. Still, even amongst that seven years, watching the greed and the the negativity and, you know, just the hate, all the junk that went on, he said, yeah. well, I'm going to create a world in which this stuff doesn't exist and I'm going to do it as an inspiration rather than trying to fix people who don't want to be fixed, which goes back to what we were talking about with, you know, people's health yeah. at the beginning. People don't want to, they don't want to fix their health. They don't care. They'll complain. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved it. And, and that, I don't know, that really, really inspired me in a way I'd never, I'd never seen you know, Gene in that light before, like yeah. I knew he did that, but I didn't really understand that he created that world in a way to inspire others to be more like that rather than trying to tell people to change, Yeah, uh, which I think is more powerful. I mean, that's the, the beauty of stories. And so to, to be able, you know, for you to be able to be a part of that in a way that is, uh, like you said, non-stereotypical, it's, it's just mm-hmm. like, Hey, this, and you know, what's amazing too. Mm-hmm. I didn't see when I saw your character, I didn't see an Asian character. You know, That's I just, exactly I just right. saw the yeah. cast. I saw you guys all as a team. Yeah. First and foremost, he'll be Starfleet. The fact that he's Asian will be a secondary yeah. attribute to that character. Yeah. I have to give props to, to Gene. I mean, he is such a forward thinking and such a man way before his time. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Nobody oh, yeah. else could think like that. So yeah. he's the original outside the box thinker for sure. So That's you know, cool. thank God Gene and Ron Murray was there. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I started to uh, go around and I asked, asked a lot of people this question because it was something that I was curious about. My my theory is that if we truly understand what it's like to respect the next person, doesn't matter who it is, whoever's mm-hmm. in front of you, yeah. all of this stuff goes away. 
All the racial stuff goes away. All the, I mean, everything, everything goes away because we're respecting somebody. Now, whether or not we agree with somebody's viewpoints or lifestyle or whatever that like that, that's not the issue. Like we're not talking about whether you agree with it. We're talking about, can you respect the next person? And then, you know, right now, if you're, if you're going to talk politics, you know, Trump is just having a field day right now. He's just like, oh yeah, we're going to stop this terrorism, blah, 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 blah. Well, let's go beyond that. Why are these people engaging in terrorist activities then? Mm -hmm. Why? They didn't didn't get born out of the womb saying, well, I'm going to blow up a bunch of Americans. Yeah, that's true. No way. It's because of something else going on, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's some something is something is being done by American corporations or American somebody that's affecting their lives to the point where they're so pissed off they want to do something against Americans, right? Yeah. yeah. So stop pissing them off, and they will not try to kill us. It's yeah. very simple, yeah. right? So it's and you know what's all based in? It's always money. It's always money. Yeah. It's always money, 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 money. Eliminate money and you're going to eliminate every single war that's even every <laughs> conflict out there. It's done. It's finished. That goes back to Gene Roddenberry. Right back to Gene. <laughs> yeah. Right back to Gene. You know, it's there interesting. You. I, uh, I've i had, you know, you, you start to interact with why people do what they do. You know, the road rage thing is, uh, has just gotten worse to, to mm-hmm. the point of, I mean, it's bad or even, you know, people, especially well, as a gamer, right? You understand this as a yep. gamer. Yep. People hide behind their cars or their computers yep. and they yep. think they're all that and they're just going to, you know, bust everybody else up mm-hmm. and, and it's funny you put them face to face and that doesn't happen i mean my natural reaction is oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt that person right yeah but then i got to take a step back and say okay wait what's going on here why do people do what they do right why do they hate why do they hurt why do right. people go around and shoot people i mean let's let's look at the root issue mm-hmm. of why these people are even doing it in the first place and uh you start to really I, I, from i've been doing a lot of research in this I, I've, i'm fascinated with the human psyche by the way yeah. And I've started to realize that in most cases, it's a, it's a lack of love. It's a lack of respect. It's a lack yeah. of family. It's a lack yeah. of whatever it may be. Yeah. It's something that that person either was hurt by or, or, or is missing uh, in that life, in most their definitely. early life. And so they, that's the only way they know basically to defend themselves. And so, yeah. you know, it's like we, we got to stop, like you said, looking at the symptoms of the problem and go and look right. at the root cause and, and root. see how we can yeah. create a solution. Back in the day, if somebody was rude to me or said something rude, I, I'd come right back and, and go toe-to-toe, eye for an eye, right? And it really, that doesn't get anywhere because it just yeah. keeps escalating, right? It's so, um, and to the point where that's that's where fist fights break out. And I just yeah. remember one time I was sitting on a plane on a, and the flight attendant was, she gave me like one ice cube in my drink. And I <laughs> sat there and I said, could I possibly have a couple more ice cubes? And she looked at me and she goes, she goes, this is a short flight, sir. I don't have time to give you an extra ice cube. And her cart, her cart, her cart was sitting next to my head for like another five minutes as she's serving other people. And I could see the ice right there. I said, I could just scoop more ice in myself. But I, I didn't do it. Yeah. I waited. I waited until everybody got off that plane. And then I approached that flight attendant. I said, uh, I just want to say to you that I've never been spoken to as rudely as 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 you spoke to me and then she i could see her defenses going up right yeah. she was about to say something i said i've flown eighty thousand miles on your airline now i'm considered a freaking flyer you know because eighty thousand in one year that's good oh yeah, yeah. so I, and i sold her i and I, and i before going going in and saying you owe me respect you owe me this you should do this how dare you blah 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 you know i looked at her and i said what's happening in your life right now that's affecting how you're you're treating other your, the passengers such as myself and she did not expect that. Her her whole demeanor went from angry, mm. pissed off, uh, defenses up to everything dropped. 
all her defenses dropped. Yeah. She started crying and she goes, my mother has cancer like that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been, you know, I've been kicked out of my uh, apartment above all this stuff just came out. And it was just like, like a, like a tidal wave of emotion just came out of this woman, you know, because I took the opposite in dealing with the road rage thing. uh, There's a girl that I used to, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine that whenever road rage happens, she keeps a pair of Mexican maracas, like they're they're Mm -hmm. little, you shake them and they make noise or Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. uh, I don't know the exact name I'm blanking, but whenever somebody, if she cuts somebody off and they get up next to her and they're about to flip her off or yell at her, she takes those maracas and shakes them and smiles. (laughs) And so then the person is like so confused because they're expecting her to say, you know, to to be all ready to flip them off or, or, or to be aggressive. And they're just, they don't know what to do. They're completely shocked. Oh, so awesome. whenever, yeah, whenever road rage happens, if you if you choose to do something exactly opposite of what they're expecting, which is you know flipping them the bird or winding down the window saying I'm going to kill you, whatever. If you do yeah. the exact opposite and do something fun and 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 dance like that, they don't know what to do. Oh, that's a great, great idea. Yeah, this is wonderful. So you know, um, we, are you familiar with the game Overwatch? No. We've been playing that game and, and, you know, you've got the players in there that are fine. They're just having a good time. And then you've got those that are super competitive. And uh, one day we were uh, we were playing this this round and it was, you know, it was it was an unfairly matched team. One of those things. And one of the players on our team got so upset. I mean, he was cussing everyone out. You know, you guys all suck and stop sucking and blah, 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 blah. And I was finding myself getting mad. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. This is just a stupid game. Who cares? Like, it's not your life, you know? And um, one of the, one of the other gamers that was, uh, you know, on, on our, uh, our uh, discord, you know, we were all talking to each other and he was on our team and he goes, I got an idea. And he types to the team. Great job, team. That's a personal best for me. You guys rocked it. <laughs> and I started laughing so hard and I said, okay, I didn't expect that. The guy didn't say a word, no response. And I thought, that's a great idea. We got to start doing that. Every time somebody says something, you just like congratulate them and say that was a best ever. And yeah, oh man, I, uh, I actually, one of the things I'm doing with the real Brian show is what I'm going to be calling the unleash the superhero moments, which is exactly what we've been talking about here is when somebody does you wrong, whatever it may be, flips you off, whatever. What is your response? Yeah. And uh, obviously I want to hear the failed responses, you know, too, because it's like, well, (laughs) I thought about the superhero moment and I didn't do it. I I had a villain moment, you know, but I want somebody to be able to start thinking along those lines of, like you said, Mm -hmm. take out the little, the maracas and shake and dance, you know, when Mm -hmm. somebody flips you off and I want people to start thinking about that. And I want to hear the stories because that's, I mean, that's really the only way we're going to disarm people. Yeah, you have to def- you have to think of what what choice can I make to defuse the this this inc- this action or this 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 situation this tense situation that I'm in. How can it be defused? You yeah. know, and usually comedy is the best way to defuse it. I mean, yeah, I remember true. I was on set uh, filming Voyager, and I was just I was getting angry about all the you know all the different sports teams that were using native Native American mascots, right? Like the Washington Redskins, like the yeah. Like the you know the, the the Atlanta Braves and and just sort of incorporating or or not even incorporating but stealing you know the the heart of of Native Americans in a way mm-hmm. you know and I just like this shouldn't be this is not right it's 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 offensive it's offensive to Native Americans and I was getting mm-hmm. so hot under the collar and Robbie McNeil Tom Paris he he, he was sitting next to me he's like oh yeah you know what 
Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, all of those Yellow Jackets, all those insects are they're all offended too. You know? <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make amends yeah. to every insect <laughs> out there. And I just started busting out laughing because I oh, literally funny. was so incensed about it. And then with one phrase, I started laughing, and I wasn't you know I wasn't stressed out anymore. I was yeah. sort of like. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> so oh, yeah, how do you diffuse it? How do you yeah. diffuse that situation? A lot of times we're silent though too. Mm-hmm. Like if we come across like very inappropriate behavior or someone telling us stuff, we sometimes we'll just stay silent. We'll let the person rant. We'll let them act the way that they're going to act. Cause like this situation with the flight attendant, you don't know what happened mm-hmm. an hour ago, a day ago, mm-hmm. two days ago, a week ago, even. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what's going on on in that person's life when they turn around um and so staying silent and then just walking away from it is always a good way of doing it too and sometimes we'll process things in the hotel room or in our place later like try to understand Mm -hmm. why that person was that way but at the same time you don't always need to understand why a person that was that way like that's not your life is your life isn't to understand another person at all so we stay silent sometimes too which also good good method yeah and i know you guys went through a, a difficult situation which you know we don't have to talk about in detail by any means but you know with uh, with a certain person recently and uh mm-hmm. you know that's uh i i know that in in the moment you know you're you're just like i don't even know what to do i'm so hurt and yeah it's like you know that in that moment you don't want to say are you okay to the other person when they're you know verbally abusing you yeah yeah um, you know which is really hard to do and, and sometimes people have gone so far into their whatever anger, hurt, whatever, that they are not even thinking straight anymore. Right. And uh, oh, yeah. there's not a lot you can do for that. But Mm-mm. but no, I, I agree that in some cases you just keep silent and just say, you know, like you said, well, that person may be having a really bad day and the worst thing that I can do is react mm-hmm. negatively back. But at the same time, like, you know, Garrett, I, I appreciated what you did with that one flight attendant is saying, yeah. You presented the facts. This is this yeah. is the rudest I've ever been treated. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong with, you yeah. know, what's, what's wrong? What's going on in your yeah. life that's causing this? But know? still like putting and, up a boundary and saying that, you know, still what you did was not okay. Yeah, right. But are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I exactly. like that. I like that approach. Yeah. And it and it worked because I could have, you know, I could have easily said, I'm going to write a letter to, to American and get, um, I'm going to try to get you fired. You know, yeah. I could have been that guy, but yeah. it's just, you know, how's that going to help? It's not going to help. So, um, I know. Yeah. And it's, and it's so difficult to take that stance of, of, of being a pacifist or, or, or taking the opposite, uh, road, what, uh, the road that that's less traveled, you know, which is the, uh, the thinking outside the box. It's very difficult. It's, it's much easier just to go toe to toe and go, Oh yeah, you treat me like that. Well then take this, you know, and yeah. then you're yelling right back the at him and stuff. Yeah. 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 And then it just goes on to ruining that person's mm-hmm. day. Cause any, oh yeah negative reaction is just going to have a negative effect of mm-hmm. on, on that person. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. You know, you talk about the, uh, you know, having the equality race equality. And then you talk about, you know, that you used to have that, you know, anger eye for an eye. And now you're both, you know, really, I think having a great attitude and approach towards, you know, yeah, I might not be perfect. I might not do it right all the time, but the intention is to go and like you said, either say nothing or go and ask how they're doing. And, and is there anything you could do for them? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I see that as a huge, huge superpower. And it's something it is. that really yeah. you guys have unleashed your superhero in that sense. I love that. Mm-hmm. Are, are you doing that? I mean, on our, well, at least attempting, I, I know nobody's perfect, but are you attempting to do that on a regular basis? Is that something you're yeah. trying to teach That's people? And probably something that a lot of people don't know about Garrett is he, he doesn't try or he doesn't even act. He doesn't even need to not try. He never acts better than anybody. Like 
this will probably bring a tear to my eye, but even seeing him on an airplane, he'll lift bags for, I don't know, five people at once. Oh yeah. I'll put every, oh, I'll put yeah. everyone's bags up in their overhead for and every, every it. woman that's near standing near mm. me. Oh, oh you want that in the thing? And then at the end, like I always pull their, too, I'll, yeah. I'll help men. I'll, I'll grab uh guys, but I'll grab everyone's bag out like of the he, thing to help them out. I love he goes it. out of his way to help anybody in any situation anywhere. And if someone's in a bad mood, he tries to find a way to like, help them there are some things that can get to garrett and sure. can affect him but a lot of times he doesn't let situations get to him i think that's a great quality about him oh thanks yeah. son yeah. they're not just saying that because of who i am like honestly mm-hmm. well and and i'll even uh, i'll even echo that too because uh, i'll tell you just even in the time i've gotten to know you um mm-hmm. you know which hasn't been that long i'll be having a conversation you know and somehow you'll get brought into a you know what i mean like conversations come up and I've met a lot of actors and I've met a lot of, uh, of either famous people or successful people. You know, I've interviewed a lot of them. One thing that I always tell people is that you are one of the few who are real. Like you said, you're not better than some or you don't act like you're better than someone. I mean, like you don't attempt to be that, um, you're genuine. And that's something I've been very surprised by because I'm sure, you know, just as much as anyone, what, uh, <laughs> what fame and all that can do to you. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's not really fame. I'll tell you what it is. When you're a musician or an actor and you're on set or wherever you are when, when you're at work, mm-hmm. what happens is all the supporting cast or all the supporting um, behind the camera people. So we're talking the lighting guys, the sound guys, the cameramen, you know, the, the production assistants. They're all coming up to you and bowing in front of you practically. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh, uh, Mr. Wong, can I get you some water? Uh, can I do? You know, they're, they're, they're treating you as if you're royalty, you know what I'm saying? Because you typically don't kowtow and, 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 you know, get called Mr. By somebody who's older than you. Usually the older people are are reserved the respect of being called a Mr. Right. But uh, there's guys that were like 20, 30, 40 years older than me. They're, that are going, oh yeah, Mr. Wong, how are you this morning, buddy? Uh, yeah, can is there anything I can do for you? Is there, I mean, it really is this sort of like, oh my God. So when you get that treatment day in, day out, day in, day out months turn to years turn so when that happens for several years in a row of that type of preferential treatment that's when the mind starts believing it mm-hmm. <laughs> right interesting um, yeah yeah and then then there's another thing that happens with a lot of athletes where they get these huge contracts and these huge bonuses mm-hmm. they're fresh out of college or sometimes even high school so they're in there you know they're teens and sometimes uh, yes teens and early 20s and their salary is in the millions, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they feel, well, because I'm getting paid this much, this must make me better than everyone else. And this must make this must make me smarter than everyone else. Yeah. And really in reality, no, they're just they're still there needs to be a class. They ought to have a class in grade oh, school. Man. They just teach humility. They teach, you oh, know, yeah. they teach just like, all right, no matter what you do in your life, whatever, whatever occupation you do, if you make more money than other people, you're still you're still a human being like that other person. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make you yeah. any better because your your bank account is bigger. It doesn't make you any better because people recognize you, the song that you sang, you know, uh, the album that you put out, or the television show that you're working on. It doesn't make you better than that person. You're just another human being. Yeah, totally. You just happen to luck out. You happen to be a little bit more physically gifted as an athlete. You happen <laughs> to be a little bit more gifted as as someone who can emote, so you can be an actor. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, you're in the right place at the right time. You had the right look. And that's what happened. Oh, and, and you know, the thing is, is uh, it's different, right? It's not necessarily better anyway, because you look at people who 
you know, I, like I was talking to, it's so funny being around all of the arrow actors, you know, all of our listeners are just like, Oh my gosh, what did like to meet them all? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. They're human beings. They're just like <laughs> yeah. me. The only difference is they're more well-known. Yeah, right. Like, and That's they're like, it. well, but they're more talented. And I'm like in acting. Sure. Uh, in acting. Right. But I bet I could play piano around them, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like who cares? Right. And, and it's like, but I've had that treatment too in the past, you know, cause I used to perform piano and I've had those moments yeah. where people, I actually did have two people literally bow down. <laughs> you brought that up, I was laughing and I'm going, this is ridiculous, there you go. Uh, but I, I'm with you on it. And it was, uh, I never thought I was better, but the thing that got me was I thought I was invincible. And yeah. then I fell and I fell hard. Yeah. yeah. And then you start to realize you suck, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. And then yeah. I've, I've had a hard journey, you know, relearning that humility and understanding that none of us are better than the other. We're just all different. We all have something to yeah. offer. Again, we all have something to offer. Totally. That's true. And I That's love that. True. So I appreciate you saying that. And I, I guess I've really never thought of it like that, that, uh, yeah, I guess I would have thought it was fame or money or whatever, but you're talking about it's the, yeah, it's the treatment that you get that you just start it's to believe treatment that you get. You start to believe in it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it, it's a good lesson for everyone that, that everyone should eat a slice of humble pie on a, on a regular basis. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's true. Well, okay. So, so what would you like to say? Um, both of you two, either way, you know, whoever wants to say this is fine. What would you like to say specifically though, to uh, in, encourage someone to embrace that inner nerd to geek out, but also to really truly unleash that superhero? Stay with it. I mean, Keely, my seven-year-old, she has issues because she's she's a geek. Like she's been going to conventions since she was a baby. She's always wanted to cosplay. She helps put her cosplays together herself. But um, kids her age don't even understand that. They don't get it at all. And now that she kind of gets the behind the scenes of conventions too, it's more exciting for her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have people that she can share that with. She doesn't have friends that are into comic books. She doesn't have friends that are into some of the shows that she watches that maybe she shouldn't watch right now, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But she still she still stays with it. She still stays with it. And she's probably one of the sweetest children. And I'm not just going to say that just because I'm, I'm her mom, but she sincerely cares about how another person feels. Because I remember one time she... Right before bed one night, she started crying and I could hear her. So I went to talk to her, asked her what was wrong. And she felt like she had bullied somebody. So even her feeling like the situation that she was in, that she felt she bullied somebody, it hurt her because Mm. she felt like she hurt somebody. And she always wants to make sure everybody is happy. Everybody is in the greatest mood and that no one is left out. And so even being in her own kind of circled by herself doing all this geek nerd stuff. She's still aware of her surroundings, still going forward with all of that stuff, but still doing her things with her friends too. Don't stop, like just keep doing it and know that you can be a good person that if people do bully you, cause she has had gone through bullying every single year at school mm. in different groups of people, but she hasn't stopped and she still, mm is a sweet, kind hearted girl to other people. That's incredible. I mean, really that's, that's incredible to hear that. Cause you do hear the, you hear the stories and the bullying mm-hmm. doesn't ever seem to stop. I mean, we hear about it a lot in school, but it's like, I find it well, actually I, getting worse. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing with the, you know, the first, the very first school shooting happened in your home state in Colorado. Yes. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Columbine. 
I remember that. And I remember when, oh my God, CNN, all those different news outlets, they were there and they were all saying, you know, people were calling in, we need to have, we need to have metal detectors at the entrance of every school. We need to have this. We need to have armed security guards, off, off duty policemen, uh, police officers need to be at every, each school in Colorado. And I sat there and I thought, oh my God, no. Okay. Keep, let's go to the root of the issue. Exactly. Okay? The root yes. of the issue are these guys that did what they did were the outsiders. Okay. Yeah. They were the ones that were being bullied. Right. Yeah. And they couldn't take it anymore. They snapped. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want anyone to shoot a school up, it's very simple. You must enact federal bullying leg legislation. Meaning if you're caught bullying once, okay, that's a warning. And the second time you're expelled, you're done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You expel the person or you make it a felony. Can you imagine if it was a oh, felony, man, if your child would be a felon because they bullied somebody, yeah. boy, yeah. bullying would stop real quickly there There's because look at your, look at your, look at once you get a felony on your, on your, uh, on your record, you're done. You yeah. can't get a job. You can't travel to another country. You're screwed. Yeah. So if you made it that hardcore, and, and, and fines and say this, okay, your, your son bullied someone. Okay. It's a thousand dollar fine now. Okay. For him bullying that person. All right. You make harsh, harsh, harsh legislation for bullying. And that will stop all these shootings guaranteed. And nobody goes to the root of the problem. They, you know, everyone tries to tackle it in a different way. Right. Yeah. They try to put a bandaid on it. And it's just like, look, stop the bullying. And yeah. The only way to stop the bullying is to make it an issue where parents have to be financially responsible for bullying and also their child's future is ruined, right? So yeah, you're the, you're the captain of the football team, the head cheerleader, but now guess what? You're never going to get be able to travel outside the country because you have a felony on your, on your record now, yeah. right? So, and then if they get that felony, yeah, maybe there's a second chance where they can expunge that from their record. If they do 5,000 hours of community service, you know, working at, at, uh, you know, whatever it may be, but they have to learn the lesson. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the whole counseling side of things too. You know, people need to understand why are you being bullied in the first place and, yeah. uh, or why are you bullying in the first place? And I mean, yeah, cause you know, and kids, I hate to say this kids half the time don't know why they're doing it. They're doing it because somebody else does it or whatever the case may be. Uh, or usually you, something at home. Of right? course. Yeah. <laughs> when you get older, on the other hand, you should know better yeah. or get help. A town in Alberta, in South Alberta that has a bylaw. It's an anti-bullying bylaw. Um, not a lot of people know this, but I actually, I think this is so neat. Like the first offense is a $250 fine and then it jumps up to a thousand oh, for every each offense after that. Wow. And then if a person, say you didn't do the bullying, but you're aware of the situation, but you didn't let the authorities know. But if the authorities find out that you were aware that this was happening or going to happen, you're held accountable. You're held, yeah, you're held accountable as also, well. And then there's fines mm, against that you. Person. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing. But back yeah. to your question, I, yeah. I think I honestly think that everyone, people should really listen to to the inner voice that's inside of them. Um, there's always something that tells you, okay, this is this is what you feel the most passion for, right? Because I think everyone is is on this planet to uh, they're they're good at something, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's good at one thing. I think there's something that everyone is drawn towards, and to uh, more often than not, people don't follow their passion, right? When it comes to when they get into the job, into the working world, it's sort of like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll work as an accountant, you know? Well, do you love accounting? No, not really. It's just a job, mm -hmm. you know? And if people chose jobs according to what made them wake up excited, that would change everything, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and it can't be something wake up excited, like, because the ultimate goal is 
money or fame again. It can't be that. That doesn't work. It has to be something that just excites you and that you would do for free. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, if absolutely. Would, if you're excited about something that you would do for free, that thing will end up paying you well if you if you stick with it. That's yeah. the, that's the bottom line. You have to be persistent, and you ha- you can't give up. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, I, definitely don't stop. Like we have yeah. a friend that she works a job. Um, I used to work with her, and she's amazingly talented cosplayer. And on the side, that's what she does. Like she goes home, she crafts, she does her cosplay, she does her artwork, she plays video games, and that's what she's passionate about. And like she won't give that up and mm. I wouldn't want anybody to give anything up that they're passionate about. Just keep going and be passionate yeah. about it and don't let anybody tear you down. Cause there's, there's always going to be criticism. There's yeah. always going to be yeah. people who don't agree with what one person does, but may agree with what another person does. Same with you. Like you're not going to agree with that person's opinion or what they like to do. Just, I guess you kind of have to support everybody and just be, just continue doing what you want to do. Yeah, I so agree. It It's amazing, though, um, you know, how many people like I actually know people who love accounting like that's their passion. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and and if, hey, if they love it, that's great. Exactly. Like, but if you don't, right? then yeah, don't do it. Yeah. And there's always the means to an end. You know, some people yeah. are working a job because, hey, I got to provide for the family or I got to it, it's it's basically going to get me to this point. That's fine. Like you, sometimes you just got to do that. But I agree wholeheartedly with that's why I'm doing what I'm doing here with the show is I really want people to, to understand what their inner nerd is, what their passion is. And then going deeper than that, like, cause it, it's not just something you're passionate about. Usually it's tied to your identity. Usually it's tied to why you're here in this world to, yeah. to make an impact. Yeah. And, and I love that. And it's something that I want people to understand. Cause man, I just, I just see it. I, I talk to people, I hear people and it's just like, there's so many complaints and it's almost, well, I heard Tim Ferriss say this and I love this. Like what's the, what's the opposite of happiness or joy? Hmm. And everybody says anger or sadness. And he's like, no, it's apathy. He said hmm. the opposite is, is a lack of emotion. It's basically yeah. giving up. And, yeah. and I've seen way too much of that. Uh, it's a good thing. Like, like I'm sure even with um, obviously, you know, this with, uh, with movies and, and stories and screenwriting, and everything you want to evoke some kind of an emotion. Yeah. And if it does not evoke an emotion, you failed in your storytelling that's right. Uh, and it's the same kind of thing that when you see people who have just given up on emotion, yeah. that's terrible. That's, that's like the worst yeah. place to be. Yeah. And so uh, I really truly believe that going back to, to what you both said is that everyone's good at at least one thing, if not more. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there needs to be that passion and being persistent. So I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Sure. Very much. All right. <laughs> How do we get in touch with you or, or, you know, what do you want us to, to check out? It's at Megan Elise four, five, two. For okay. my Twitter and then my Instagram, I share a lot of my Instagram stuff on Twitter. Nice. So through that, you can actually find it. My Instagram's kind of too hard to say. Okay. Um, and then on Facebook, it's completely private. I don't really add people unless I actually know them personally. Okay. So don't try and find me. Um, <laughs> okay. There have actually been people in the past that have made fake Facebook accounts. Sure. Pretending to be me. So those are not me. Oh, that's um, Okay. I actually sell makeup as well, which I promote on Instagram and Twitter. It's www.glamorouslashesandmore.com. Glamorouslashesandmore.com. Yes. Awesome. All right. Yeah. It's called Unique is the brand of, of makeup, and they do a really great job. Oh they have God, this actually, new, tell them about the new stuff that's out. This, um, this anti-wrinkle stuff. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, nice. It's, 
Yeah. The products in general are amazing. Honestly, I I'm used to not be a makeup snob. I'd get whatever. I used to not even really wear much makeup, but it lasts forever. It doesn't come off. A lot of cosplayers will use it too. So if you cosplay, it's a great product to use to keep on your skin, especially if you're sweating, um, or if you're like eating something or drinking something and you kind of wipe it away, it still stays on. But it comes off easily in the shower when you actually wash your makeup off. Oh, nice. But the anti-aging stuff is brand new and. Garrett tried some of it. I tried some of it. Like I don't really need it to begin with, but I noticed a lot of changes and I've gone like a week of using it. And then I stopped for a couple of weeks because I kind of got lazy and my skin, like it didn't even go back to the old look. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So it's not one because you've heard that, you know, you see those things where they've got a product and it's like, um, you know, Hey, this stuff, it's amazing, you know? And then it like, it works for like, I don't know, a day or two or something. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, and that didn't work. Like it, it went yeah. away or whatever. So this is the kind of stuff that actually, I mean, what's it, do you know what it does as far as in this? I'm just totally curious now. Does it get into the skin and like help nourish it? Yeah. Or I don't so know all the terms, but a lot of, um, a lot of natural products. It, it like it, it's exactly what it says. It, mm-hmm. it's really healthy for your skin. There's nothing toxic in it. And every ingredient on any product on the list, on the website, it'll say how much of that ingredient is in there. Wow. And specifically why it's in there which a lot of makeup products don't do they don't tell you why that ingredient is in there mm-hmm. or what it does so it's very beneficial for your skin um i wouldn't cool. use it if it wasn't a lot of products are gluten-free vegan friendly wow vegan yeah and nothing is tested on animal which That's so I, cool. is a huge thing you know it's interesting um i don't know if you guys follow uh, abel james he's the the wild diet fat burning man guy great guy and and he was even talking a lot about, you know, the stuff that you put on your skin, uh, you know, but well, I mean, yeah, your skin's your biggest living cell, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, you uh, talked about a lot of the stuff like sunscreen and other things that you're putting on your skin or even deodorants or shampoos and soaps and all that. You know, a lot of the products have all this stuff in them that is not healthy for us. It's hurting us. And, you know, you may not see any result of it until you're a little older. Yeah. Um, that's the beautiful thing about being younger is, you know, you, you fight it off faster kind of thing, but I never really thought of that kind of stuff until just recently. And I started going, yeah, I'm going to start changing some stuff up. I want, I want natural healthy things going into my body. Cause I don't want cyanide in my body or rat poison <laughs> or whatever the heck that stuff is. So, yeah, exactly. And that's the good, the good thing about this product too, is you don't even need a lot. Like a yeah. pin drop goes a long way. So you're not kicking it on your skin and causing your skin to not be able to breathe. That's cool. So it's very breathable. You don't even know you have it on you. And, it's it's not toxic for your body and they have different products like if for instance there's the liquid foundation and the powder foundation so one may have a product an ingredient that your skin might react to or you're not happy about and you can go with the other stuff I love there's it. tons of different things that you can go to just obviously from sarah i know what makeup can do to your your face and your skin and how it's yeah. not always the best result yeah right. So it's called Unique. It's spelled Y O U N I Q U E. So it's spelled with, you know, a little. But my website, the Glamour Slashes and More, goes directly to the Unique products. Perfect. Do you think I should start doing the eyeliner thing for the show? Of course. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. The guy liner or whatever they call that stuff now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll make sure, like I said, these get on the, the links and everything. And yeah. Thank you. Follow my Twitter. At Garrett R W A N G, I put the middle initial in there because I was copying Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan was the first one to adopt Twitter, and she had at Jerry L Ryan on there. So I thought, oh, I'll be cute. I'll put at Garrett R, my middle name. 
W-A-N-G, not knowing that someone else already has at Garrett Wong, the one without the R. Of course. <laughs> and that <laughs> and his profile photo is so nondescript that I, people are trying to follow him oh, thinking it's me because he is Asian, obviously, this other guy, yeah. this other kid with my name. But yet the photo is so just, it's two kids getting up out of the ocean, um, taken from above from the back of a boat tell they're Asian so you could easily think oh that's Garrett when he was a kid with his cousin or something you know yeah and this kid will not change that stinking photo I've been I've been contacting him telling him please just change your photo just so people know when they look at it it's not me but no he, he won't do it so <laughs> he wants all your fans <laughs> he wants all my fans of no, course the funny thing is he oftentimes he'll tweet like you're not this is the wrong Garrett you want him you want this Garrett and he'll so I'm sure he's getting annoyed too, Yeah, but it's just a matter Change of just putting photo. his photo up, uh, his face, put your face up so people know that you're not me and he won't do it. So, or even know. like a picture of a, not Garrett, like not the actor Garrett Wong or whatever, you know, right. I don't know. just put something there. I'm not the actor Yeah, yeah. on his, on his, uh, on his, um, his info part. Exactly. Right? There you go. Um, and that's the same address for my Instagram too. Okay. So people we can check out those two, um, two places. And uh, keep your eyes peeled for Unbelievable when that comes out. Okay. Yeah, you, they actually have a a Facebook page called Unbelievable. The movie. With five exclamation marks. The movie. Yeah. Their Facebook page. And then um, you could search them on Instagram and Twitter as well. So they always post updates when yeah. the movie will be released, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Online is also, uh, oh, yeah. they will at some point revisit the Delta, Qu- Delta Quadrant. With oh, good. Another Delta Quadrant expansion at that point. I'm pretty sure there's a good chance that I will be doing some more voice work for them. So nice. Uh, um, yeah. So those people out there playing Star Trek online, thank you and keep on playing. Yeah. I love it. Great game too. Yep. Awesome. And then uh, do you want to promote uh, galaxy fest while they're at? Cause you, you're one of the, Oh yeah, yeah, for that, right? yeah, yeah. I'm helping out now. Yeah. Okay. Galaxy fest where uh, it's, it's always going to be in Feb- in February, okay. Colorado, Sp- Colorado Springs next year's theme will be uh, uh, strong, uh, women. strong women, female characters. Yeah. So female. Oh, nice. Girl. But yeah, so Good. we're basically our, our goal is we're going to have uh, we're going to try to we're shooting for five to six different female guests and uh, I'll be the only male there. But, you know, I'm, I'm more I'm more of an MC moderator than than, you know, guest. Sure. Uh, not that I'm part of it. So. So, yes. Yeah, so check out Galaxy Fest. Their website Fest. is galaxyfest.org mm-hmm. and they have as well Facebook. Yeah. Twitter. They have Twitter representation. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll find out more about that if you go online. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you, Garrett, and Megan. Appreciate it. It was uh, it was an honor having you guys on. Appreciate your time and yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm glad we could do it. Yes. We yeah, finally uh, after rescheduling. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Took away all you know all the all the crazy life stuff, but no, I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. Well, there you have it, Garrett Wong, Megan Elise. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for being on. It was great to have you. All right, go to realbryanshow.com and uh, join me on Twitter, Facebook page, all that good stuff. I'd love to hear from you, as you know, and it's always about just please keep it respectful and productive and uh, encouraging because we're all here to help each other and encourage each other. But I would love to hear from you. Any thoughts on the show? Anything at all. If you like The Real Brian Show, please do get out there, share it with somebody, subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening to it. I hope you got something awesome out of this. I mean, all right. Are are you ready yet? Are you ready? Amy Guminick coming up on episode three do check it out in the meantime thank you so much for listening i am the real brian signing off the real brian
Wine Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.